0: Hello and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace and I'll be your host. Today we have a guest who is both a hero in the professional world and by serving his country. This man is taking the real estate investing industry by storm while serving in the US Army. If that wasn't enough, this guy was also a semi-pro soccer player. It is an absolute honor and privilege to be speaking with this man today let's give a superhero by design welcome to oliver perry oliver welcome to the show
1: thank you sir it's much much appreciated to be here i'm excited to be able to talk to you today this i'm looking forward to this let's get it in
0: heck yeah man i am totally down so for everybody listening oliver is a single and multi-family real estate investor in several states around the country he has flipped properties wholesaled properties Resold sneakers, started a toy store and even did real sorry, retail arbitrage. I'm so used to yeah. saying real estate retail does not usually come up in my vocabulary. <laughs> it's but good. currently he is growing his real estate portfolio, helping others to do the same and also serving his country all at the same time. For more information on him, go to his LinkedIn at J. Oliver Perry the third. Follow him on Instagram at the Oliver Perry and check out his YouTube channel, The Oliver Perry Show. All right, Oliver, there's a yes. whole lot that we're going to cover today. Yeah. A lot of good things. This yeah. is a superhero show, so I would be amiss if uh, if I didn't ask you a few questions. Of how the heck did you get here today? How the heck do you find yourself
1: mm.
0: serving our country, doing Excellent. real estate? And That's doing a whole lot of side hustles, it seems like, along the way as well.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I could tell you I ended up joining the military out of college. I did ROTC at Virginia State University. I wanted to be able to try to sustain myself while at college. I wasn't great when it comes to grades. I'll be 100% honest with you. Um, as a superhero, I did not have the highest uh, I, you know, IQ, <laughs> if you will, when it came to the grade scale. So um, I... Went to Virginia State, went to ROTC, graduated from ROTC, and got assessed in as a reserve um, soldier. At the time, I didn't really want to do that, so I said, all right, well, what what do I do? So I just started, at that point, I started hustling. I talked my way into a position at Norfolk Naval Base. Then I talked my way into a position in Atlanta. When I got to Atlanta, I took on three or four different jobs, um, and that was just to sustain, to have money and be able to spend and enjoy living life at the time. And then I talked my way into uh what we call AGR. And all that is is a full-time reservist. We serve specifically reserve mission and started recruiting out of Nashville, Tennessee. So I started that. From there, um, I ended up getting trying to give the full synopsis in a short period of time. Yeah. I ended up doing the uh I ended up playing soccer after doing a training, and I got my butt handed to me. Oh, and it was bad. It was like eight zero. Um, I was playing goalkeeper, and I yeah. at that point I became addicted to training because I didn't want that to happen again. And sure enough, we ended up beating that same team later on. But I got good enough and just kept kept improving, kept playing. I played in Hawaii, played in Georgia, played in um, Maryland, and I just kept improving my uh, improving my skill enough to make the semi pro level. Um, it stopped after there because I got old and I got bad knees now. Um, because the army graced me with such wonderful running exercises, um, so now it ended up becoming a focus of real estate, and that's where I started wholesaling. That's where I started uh, really diving heavily into my uh, wholesaling, not wholesaling, but my hustling acumen. So I was doing—I had sneakers. I sold all my sneakers. I was flipping those. I went to buy other sneakers, sneakers while I was in Hawaii, and flipped those. Then I moved on to retail arbitrage where i go to stores and i buy stuff off the store shell say um marshall's Tar, uh not target roses at the time um wherever i can find clothing or shoes that were lowerly priced and should have been priced higher i take those and i put them on ebay and i sell that way Uh, addition to that after that i ended up trying to create a toy store because i liked i enjoyed toys i enjoyed Selling toys, I had a bunch of toys, so I was just buying them arbitrage. That did not work out how I planned. <laughs> I <laughs> fell flat on my face on that one, but um, it gave me the ability to understand more. So how money works as far as a business concern, the overhead, um, you know, cutting costs and things of that nature. So it became now something that now I do as I'm doing it in real estate. So now I invest in real estate. I've got two properties in Maryland. Uh, yes. One property in maryland i had to. i just sold one i have another property in alabama and i've got a 10 a 16 unit multifamily in uh tennessee and i'm looking at a 10 unit now in birmingham so kind of all over the place but uh this is basically where i ended up uh after all that stuff so that's that's the origin story
0: i i love that because i i can see a lot of myself in your story minus mm. serving the military minus semi-pro soccer player. And trust me, there are similarities in that uh, when I moved to Tennessee here myself, Mm -hmm. besides my, my uh, wife at the time, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know Mm -hmm. a single person here. I'm a California boy coming to the South, not knowing a single person. And so what do you do? You keep busy, you hustle, you move, you try to figure it out on the fly. And there's a lot of benefits to it. I call it the ready, fire, aim approach where (laughs) you're only as ready as you're ready. You fire, see where it goes, and then you start adjusting from there. And a lot of people say that that could be reckless. That could be um, not as, uh, I don't know, uh, as well planned out. But at the same time too, I've always been the type of person who jumps first both feet in the water, and then I figure out what's going on because a lot of uh people can hesitate a lot of people right. can do what we call you know a uh, deal analysis or they just keep sitting on the sidelines and you know honestly in my in my uh career, it might have been better from time to time to plan things out a little bit more. Right. you know I would have made probably less mistakes. But at the same time, all those mistakes have helped me grow and grow at a much accelerated rate. And my old mentor used to tell me, make mistakes while things are small, while the the stakes are small. Make mistakes because when the stakes get big, you don't want to make those mistakes anymore. So um, I I see nothing wrong in your approach. I see a lot of what I did, even starting this podcast. I had no clue what I was doing. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to hire a manager. I'm going to let him handle everything. I'm going to get on these podcasts. I'm going to suck at it, but I'm going to suck yeah, at it yeah. until I get enough reps in that I stop sucking. And uh, I hope by this point I've, I'm have i not horribly sucking anymore, but I don't know. <laughs> That's yet to be determined. But I just love your story. And, and look what you've been able to do. Like mm-hmm. you've been able to serve our country. And thank you so much for your service. Well, you've been able mine. to take what was a soccer game <laughs> where you got <laughs> annihilated but you use that pain that to leverage yourself to get really freaking good like the semi pro level is no freaking joke man like that takes a lot of hard work a lot of dedication a lot of blood sweat and tears and you did that by ju- once again jumping feet first falling flat and figuring it out and so Absolutely. i just applaud you man because uh that. that takes a lot of guts that takes a lot of grit, determination, and um, a lot of people, I would assume, would just get discouraged and really
1: not continue to progress like you have done. Well, I, man, I, I appreciate that. It's uh it's interesting to hear it as you read it back because even when I, even when my team typed it, we typed it up and put it together and sent it your way, even then it did does it doesn't really click if that makes sense. Like all the stuff that you do. It's good to be reminded, hey, you know, you've been through some stuff and you could still go and do more. It's not as bad as you think. And, you know, I played soccer and I just enjoyed it. I just loved the game. And even then, so much to the point now where I miss it and I'm debating on coaching my kid's soccer team. I did it one good time. I don't know if I want to do it again, but the addiction still continues. And that's really about all there is to it. You love it. Go for it. Go after it. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck until it doesn't and then you're going to be a beast, just like Ace is here on the podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, shoot, I'm going to stop freaking serving these uh, softball questions. I'm going to start okay. throwing some curveballs your <laughs> way. Let's
1: go. All right. How'd you get into Huntsville? What's the story behind that? Easy peasy. So the U.S. Army decided they were going to send me to Huntsville. That was, <laughs> that was the gist <laughs> of it. Originally, uh, I was scheduled to go to austin uh san antonio texas and a whole bunch of stuff happened long story short the the person who had gotten my position there was already there so they gave the position to her and then they said hey we're gonna send you to huntsville we think it's gonna be a better fit it's gonna work better for that particular unit there so and and i said i don't want to go i want to go to san antonio i had already laid out a house i had already done all that stuff i was ready to go and they said We could care less. You're going to Huntsville. So (laughs) ended up turning all the paperwork in, um, canceled the purchase of that particular property, started hunting for a new property here in Huntsville, found one, uh, thank God, in in Madison, Alabama. And now it's just back and forth here in Huntsville.
0: That's awesome. And the the great thing about being in a place like Huntsville, you know, I'm just up the street, so to speak, in Nashville, Mm -hmm. is that Huntsville is one of those smaller markets, but for Rentals, multifamily, single family, the numbers really pencil out very well. And yeah, yeah, I know San Antonio isn't the biggest city in the world either, but it's definitely larger and uh, a lot different than Huntsville. But at the same time, like taking advantage of your own backyard, you had mentioned earlier that you do have property in Huntsville. I'm assuming being there day in, day out, whether you want to wholesale or do some sort of rental type of strategy, Mm -hmm. being right there, you can build your team. You know the neighborhoods inside and out. You develop these relationships with the contractors, the lawyers, the brokers, the real estate agents, all of that right then and there. And once you got that team set up, the great thing is if you move somewhere else, you're always going to have that, those relationships. You're going to have that whole system set up there. And for what you're doing with the multifamily, with the single family and all that, there probably couldn't be a better market than Huntsville. Uh, I know there's other markets like that around the country, but to yeah, be, have that be your backyard, that's a that's a really uh, awesome thing to have.
1: Yeah, I, I make no complaints. If I'm honest, I'm actually blessed enough to have the opportunity to have been here before for training a couple of times. So, in in doing that, I was here and I went and met, met as many real estate investors as I could. Ended up, now that I'm here, living here, those same relationships come to fruition. And these guys are way deeper in the game than I am. I've done a lot. They're doing a whole lot. They've got tiny home facilities. They've got RV facilities. They've got 17, 18 different single family properties. So... Me coming in as a multifamily guy and now doing all the multifamily stuff I'm doing, it's great to have those people in your corner because, like you said, I can always make that phone call. I always know who a good uh, contractor is, who a good one isn't. If there's a new guy on the scene, I can ask the crew, and they'll tell me, hey, that guy's good or I had a bad dealing with that guy at such and such time, recommend avoiding him, or hey, that lady is great when it comes to plumbing. You should talk to her. She's amazing. So it's, it's fantastic, man. I just cannot complain. I'm just blessed enough to have done all that. And I didn't realize it until I got here afterwards, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Those relationships are so important. If you want to do anything in life, nobody does anything by themselves. If you think you're doing everything by yourself, you need to look in the mirror and check yourself because that ain't how things work. It's about relationships. It's about building those relationships where you just give, you don't take. If you want it yeah. to be long and sustainable, you give and you give and you give. I had an incident happen to me yesterday on one of my developments here in town mm-hmm. where sold the duplex, two different owners. They love the house. It was built really, really well. The problem is that my stairs going up to the house, the foundation guy, you know, he didn't dig the footing as deep as he should. Oh but the guy who did the soil build up didn't compact it well enough. So it's actually being a structure, I'm a structural engineer by trade, just just FYI, but it really falls on the soil guy to compact that soil as he builds it up because really the stairs aren't that heavy compared to structural loads in general. And so I know the foundation guy really well. So I call him, I tell him what's going on, tell him I'm gonna call the, the soil guy. And the soil guy and I have been working together for a while and he just threw it off. He was like, that's not my responsibility. I'm like, you did the soil work. Like, aren't you supposed (laughs) to compact it? Like I wasn't there while you were doing the work. I didn't, I wasn't watching over you. You're priced really high. I assumed you were going to compact it like everybody else does. Right. And he just completely just wiped his hands clean of it. Actually he's going to Huntsville Huntsville right now. So I'll, I'll give you his name and bio yeah. when, uh, when we get yeah. off this, so you can, you can, uh, <laughs>
1: I'll you know, track him down, say, less. track
0: him down for <laughs> me, He'd break, break a leg or two, but, uh, <laughs> um, but the reason I bring that story up and, and then I call my foundation guy mm-hmm. and we figure it out. We're like, you know what, let's, let's go in this together. We'll both eat a little bit of the cost. You know, we'll work with a couple subs to get this done properly. Uh, We don't have to tear it down. We can structurally support it um, with pilings and things like that. But the reason I tell that story is because the foundation guy is going to be working for the next 30, 40, 50 years, and he does really well. But when something is his issue, he owns up to it. He takes responsibility. He takes accountability. Whereas this other guy, he's a younger kid, and he's making a whole boatload of money doing all this work, but he takes no responsibility for his work. And I know this because I've heard stories from other people and I've heard his stories of interacting with clients. And th- the thing is this kid, we know the economy is, is kind of a little funky right now. If things really go downhill, construction stops, things like that. This guy's going to be in a world of pain because he is burning bridge after bridge. Cause I'm not the first person that this has happened to. That's a fact. And what I've learned over the years, things are great when they're great, but when you squeeze somebody, and I'm not saying you squeeze them on purpose, like you're trying to get something out of them, but when somebody is squeezed by pressure, by problems, because problems will always happen, but when somebody is squeezed, you find out what kind of juice they're made of.
1: That's a fact.
0: My footing guy is good juice. He bears good fruit. My grating guy, not so much. And Yeah it usually takes that but that's what i also love going back to what you talked about about hustling so much when there's all that pressure and there's pressure with a business partner there's pressure with your vendors whomever you find out what kind of person they are very quickly and so i'm i'm blessed to have uh found out about this guy before i started to really do some big developments with him cuz imagine if this wasn't a duplex imagine if he did all the grading work on a subdivision where i have 20 30 40 houses right yeah that'd be oh terrible. my goodness yeah, that'd no terrible no thank you so um going back to relationships are so freaking important and i'm sure you've had good relationships with people and i'm sure there's been issues as well with other people when problems come up
1: absolutely of course i think uh, for everybody even regardless of who you are you're the villain in somebody's story. No matter how much you <laughs> love that, love that. It's, it's And it's true. Just no matter how much good you try to do, you may go and save 29 cats. And the guy next door hates you for the rest of his life because he has cat allergies, right? Somebody <laughs> you can't make everybody happy. So the best way to function, and I tell this to my kids all the time, the best thing to do is what you think is the right thing to do, period. Because mm. somebody's, somebody's not going to like it. Somebody's not going to be a fan. No matter what podcast, no matter what YouTube, no matter what message you put out, you're gonna have guys who love it. You're gonna have guys and ladies who hate it. You're going to have, you know, it's, you're just gonna have the two sides always. You're gonna be somebody's hero. You're also gonna be somebody's villain. Um, the easiest way to compare it is in sports. I yep. I watch a lot of sports. I am a vi- admin clearly soccer uh, soccer player and soccer watcher at that at that point. And there's a guy by the name of Sergio Romero. Romero is a nightmare. He, people hate him, but the people he plays for, they love him to death. <laughs> and he's a scoundrel, and I, and I like him. I just like the way he goes about his business. Do I always agree with what he does? Not necessarily. Sometimes he acts a little wild. But again, somebody he's a villain, somebody he's a hero. You know. So it, it's just it's just how the game works, I think. It's just how life works in general.
0: That's great. I've I've never heard that before, but that is so true. I'm a huge Warriors fan and I am a huge Draymond Green fan. Oh yeah. And if you are not a Warriors fan, you hate (laughs) Draymond.
1: That's a fact.
0: Unless he somehow plays for a different team later in his career. But yeah, I, I, I get that 100%. And the great thing about sports is they reflect life so many ways and playing at such a high level that you did. I'm sure there's quite a few things that you have taken off of the soccer field and the soccer game, and you've applied it to the, the business field and the business game.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I have, I have, I've done that quite a bit. Um, if I'm honest, a lot of the stuff that I deal with as playing goalkeeper specifically translate to the rest of the rest of life. A perfect example in goalkeeper training. We do a lot of calis- uh, calisthenics and plyometrics. Right. So there's a lot, particularly diving, diving left, diving right, up and down, left, right, up and down, left, right, constantly. What people see on television and think, "Ooh, that hurts when you start learning to play goalkeeper and you're diving left and right. I can be honest with you. It does hurt. It <laughs> it does hurt because when you're starting, you're not always on the, the softest field. You're not always on a, a pitch, as we call it that is super comfortable to dive around on sometimes particularly in georgia you got the hard georgia clay that mess sucks but when it's game time you don't have a problem diving so the same thing goes for investing in real estate the same thing goes for investing in stocks the same thing goes for buying toys and selling them and flipping them the same thing goes for that kid who's studying right now for a test you suck at the quizzes you struggle quiz after quiz it's a quiz At some point you're going to get it and then you're going to succeed at the test. So the little, the little actions that you take that hurt now are going to make it much better for you. When you go into it later, they say the Spartans used to train so much that when they went to war for them, it was a vacation. That to me is the same approach we should all have for whatever we want to go after. It should suck to high heaven until you go and go after it like you're really going after whatever that goal is and then it's not going to suck because you've already trained yourself up to deal with the shenanigans to deal with the people betraying you or kicking you to the curb to deal with the wild instances where something goes wrong you're just not expecting it to deal with all the stuff that comes with success you have to understand what comes with the failure but you have to expose yourself to the failure first
0: no i love that i love that i always say we fall to the highest level of our preparation. So if you're that's not it. preparing, you're not getting the reps in, you're not doing what a uh, guy that I had on the show, he calls it the dark work. If you're not doing the dark work, doing the work before people are awake, after people go to sleep, when nobody else is looking, that's when you're hitting the hardest reps. That's when you're sacrificing your body, your, your emotions, your time, all of that. Because yeah, when it's comes game time, mm-hmm. that battle, that war you're prepared, and you will know right away if you've prepared enough or not and that's really how it is um, yeah I love I love it <laughs> suck at it until <laughs> until you go after it you yeah, know that's, that's uh that's awesome
1: that's yeah that's it I'm yeah, to attest to your, to, t- to attest to your dark work. I heard a story I don't know if you've heard this story, Ace but Clay Thompson talks about the story. He said that he had gotten to um, he had gotten to the U.S. training and it was uh, late night. He had gotten in like really, really late. So he actually, you know, got dressed, laid everything down. He goes to the gym at like one, two o'clock in the morning. So he's in there lifting weights in the gym in this hotel. And he hears, all right, I'd like to see it. And he looks up and it's Kobe Bryant. God bless the dead. It's Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant is surprised to see him in there like you said doing the dark work it's two o'clock in the morning who's uplifting wakes outside of michael jordan and kobe bryant and one of those guys been retired for a super long time kobe at the time was still into the game so it's it's just to go against what you said just doing that dark work working in the time where somebody else is going to be sleep your competition is working but are they working as hard as you is always the question
0: yeah yeah and i think it's so important too that you enjoy that work as well, because if, if you're not enjoying it, and I'm not saying it's going to be the most fun. Like I go to the gym all the time. It's Mm -hmm. not like I'm like I'm at a park, you know, having a good time, but at the same time too, training yourself to enjoy doing that, having that structure, having that discipline, like there is a lot of sense of accomplishment. There's a sense of fulfillment. It might not make you happy, but you do fee- feel fulfilled. You know, I, I was at a, I don't do uh CrossFit very much, but a buddy of mine goes to works at a CrossFit gym. And so I went there the other day and this guy, this guy was in the army for a long time. He's like, we call him a bull because he's just, man, like he'll put, he'll put, um, I forget what they call them, but it, the, the sack, um, like the, uh, the oh, heavy the backpack.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. The rucksack. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The rucksack he'll have his ruck on and then his son will be hiking and, (laughs) um, his pack is just too heavy for him. So he'll throw his son's pack on and then just charge up the hill, be the top, you know, the guy in the lead leading the pack. And so this is the guy who invited me to the CrossFit gym and he is deadlifting, I think about 275 pounds or something like that. And like, I'm, I'm like a buck 40 soaking wet. Like my, you know, I'm, but I I go to the gym a lot and I push right. my body and I push myself and I was like he's like hey give this a shot and I was like oh my god two seventy all right <laughs> this is almost twice my body weight I've never even tried this I'm I'm not a heavy lifter like I I, I don't go for PRs and all that I just go right. for consistency and to push myself physically and mentally and I I go to do the deadlift and I I I'm just like holy crap this is like a freaking boulder like this this isn't gonna move. <laughs> And so I, I take a step back, I collect myself. I'm like, just remember your form. Remember you're pushing from your feet. You're using your hips. All of that, you know. It's. And so I was like, all right, let's do this again. And I freaking lifted that. And his eyes just went like this. And I was just like, both out of it. Yeah. At, at age forty, I have pushed myself so hard physically. I love pushed, I, I'm a huge fan of David Goggins. I talk about him all the time. I love his stuff. You know, when, when your brain is telling you, you can't go anymore, you're only about 40% of your capacity. And so I tell myself that all the time, and I've been able to do incredible things physically at age 40, that there's no way in heck I would have been able to do that when I was 20 years old, when I was 25 years old, you know, quote unquote, the, the peak of your, your, your physical prowess, right. For so Mm -hmm. many sports, but as a 40 year old now, I'm able to lift more. I'm able to run faster. I'm able to run longer than I ever did. I I did a 10-miler the other day. Haven't done 10 miles in 10 years mm-hmm. with some 25-year-olds who are training for uh, a 50-mile run and I'm just smoking them. Just smoking them at Come mile on. 6, mile 10 I'm just standing there. Yeah, my my legs hurt really bad afterwards. <laughs> but I was able to push myself harder than I than I have and it wasn't really that bad. Like yes, physically my body isn't where it used to be. But right. mentally I'm able to push myself and that comes with that training when nobody else is watching, when nobody else is even awake, that's what I'm getting the reps in. And it's not even to compete. Like I, I don't care to compete in races or anything like that, right. but I compete against myself to become a better version of myself every day. And it's not until you take a, take a step back. Like you said, you're, you're reading your own bio when you start looking back at your life and the things you've accomplished, the things you've done, you're like, who the heck was that? Like, that's actually, (laughs) that sounds pretty cool, man. Like, all right. I, you know, and I think people need to realize just how much of an impact they have not only on their lives, but other people's lives as well. Cause once you start going down this path of self-improvement and helping other people and doing these crazy things that just seem completely, you know crazy yep that's when the magic starts happening that's when great things start happening i i'll be honest with you when when people tell me that i've impacted their lives because i i've dedicated my life to a life of service to others to lead others by being a servant leader and when people come and thank me it's not an ego thing at all it surprises me i'm like that's right this is what i'm doing this right. is who i'm showing up as every day and it's inspiring other people but it still catches me off guard. If I'm, if I'm being completely honest and um, I guess, you know, I've always been a humble person, but at the same time, I just always see myself as that rookie. I keep that rookie mindset. Like, what can I learn? Who can I learn from? Everybody's got something I can learn from and get better from. And so, I don't know. I'd rather, I'd rather have that, that mindset than one of, I know everything. And yeah, here, let me beat my chest because I'm, I'm the bee's knees or whatever, you know?
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So anyways, all right, let's hop into real estate. So right now, okay. I've checked out your YouTube channel. I've checked out your Instagram. You talk a lot about your big crazy goals that you are doing. What, uh, you, you had mentioned you've got property under contract. What is the short-term and what is the long-term goal for you in your real estate adventure?
1: Um, The short-term goal for me is to, and it depends on what you consider short-term. So in my head, short-term is the next four years. So for the next four years, my short-term goal is to be at 60K a month passive income um, just from real estate. So I've already done enough work that I'm making $60,000 a month that I can put towards other things. Long-term is to create basically anything that I so choose. Uh, again, I'm a big fan of soccer. I'd like to create some kind of soccer academy uh, for children who can't afford it because in the U.S., our system is pay-to-play, unfortunately, yeah. and a lot of times that blocks some of the kids to be able to play um, in different locations. Uh, or to create an underground soccer league where it's basically a word-of-mouth only, and it turns into this speakeasy, if you will, of soccer um, to be able to, you know, I don't know, that's, those are like the, <clears throat> excuse me, that's like the the long-term and the 60K a month is a short-term, but I have a sneaky suspicion knowing how I am uh, and you get this ace that it's, I'm going to blow that number out of water and I'm going to do way more than I anticipate doing. But for now, that's the goal. I love that. And
0: I recently joined a group. The guy's name is Brian Lubin, okay. Action Academy. Academy. Mm-hmm. Just a, a real good dude. He's, man, if he listens to this, <laughs> he's going to give me a call. I call him a kid because he's, he's like 28 years old. And so, you know, 20-year-olds in my mind are, are kids. <laughs> and I look at them, they look like kids. But the thing I love about his group and the reason I joined it mm-hmm. is I'm, I'm one of the older guys in the group. A lot of people are in their 20s. It's, it's a group for people that want to leave their W-2. And they do it through your short, like your short-term goal. Right. How can I get passive income through real estate, business acquisition, things like that, right. so that I can do my passion business, which is your long-term soccer academy, underground soccer league. And so that's you're following that same blueprint. But what I love is when you start surrounding, You you mentioned surrounding yourself in Huntsville around people that are killing the game that are steps ahead of you.
1: Right. And
0: that's why I joined this Academy because there's guys like Brian Lubin and there's other people in the Academy and there's other people through his network that are just crushing it. We're talking shoot close to a hundred K a month in business income. Now that that's gross, but um,
1: it's still a lot shoot.
0: Of yeah. And it, it is active. Don't get me wrong. That that guy bust his butt. But at the same time, those numbers are real. Those numbers can be your reality because it is the reality for other people. If you're surrounding yourself, what they say, don't take financial advice by someone who's broke. But how many times do we do that? We listen to that crazy uncle or that friend and their sense of finances are completely different than what we want our reality to be. Once we are around people whose reality is what we want our reality to be. It's so crazy how we just gravitate towards being able to do that. We are the biggest roadblocks for our own success. And 80% of it is mindset, only 20% is mechanics. And I feel like my biggest roadblocks in my life haven't been the mechanics per se, because I hustle, I bust my butt, but it was the psychology I had That wasn't where it needed to be because I'm going to grind. I'm going to work hard regardless. Mm -hmm. I get up really early. I hit it hard all day long. And my biggest problem was the psychology behind it. So I love what you were saying about surrounding yourself by people who are ahead of you and putting together this crazy goal for four years, $60,000 passive income. That's crazy. But that is totally doable because there are people that do it every day. And there's people that are just starting that can do it in four years, right. no problem. Just yeah. put yourself around those people so that you can start seeing their reality. And now the decisions you make, the questions you ask yourself are better questions. The decisions you make are better decisions. You're doing the things day in and day out that actually move the needle as opposed to keeping yourself busy 24 7 and so um yeah usually it just takes a couple tweaks people aren't as far off as they think they are it's just our minds have a tendency to kind of mess with us a little yep. too much at times
1: yep. yeah and that's an absolute fact you you start to think it's harder than it actually was matter of fact uh speaking of brian lubin i i knew him before he uh for action academy took off and brian always had this idea in his mind and this layout. And when he took the action, he took the action and he ran with it. And Action Academy is doing fantastic and Brian's doing great. And it's great to see that if you put your mind to it, you can succeed. You can get to whatever it is, what you want to do. And Brian did it with mentors. He did it with colleagues and he did it with people now that he's mentoring. So all those people play a key factor. So whatever you got in mind, go after it. Absolutely. Go after it. You can do it. Yep. 100%. And
0: there's a, there's a group I'm sure you're well aware of, GoBundance. Yep. And you have to have a certain net worth. I think right now it's a $2 million net worth. So it's not for people just starting out. However, when you hit that level, it's like, I, I see life almost like a video game. I'm a big superhero guy. Uh, when I was younger, just obsessed with video games. And it's like level one you play level one, it's kind of difficult because you're learning the basic skills. You know, what is a punch? What is a kick? What is a jump? And then the level one boss comes and that's a hard boss. But then once you get to level two, then it's a little bit harder. And then that boss is a little bit harder. You get to level three, four, five. It's still the same level of difficulty. You have to up your game. You have to up your skill set. But if you went from level five back to level one, like it reset or something like that. Mm-hmm. Level one seems like a freaking cakewalk. Yeah, at that point right. you're like, how the heck did I struggle so much right. on level one? This, <laughs> right. this boss is easy. Right. Boss level five has like six heads and like twenty arms and freaking just throwing things at me left and right. <laughs> and so, uh, like, you, like you compare uh, life to sports, I I compare life to video games. <laughs>
1: And no i get it i get it i get it i'm i'm still a gamer myself so i 100 percent understand and matter of fact to help out um and you spoke about go abundance they do have a program called emerge which i'm actually a part of and what i'll do is after this ace okay. i'll send you the link to emerge yeah, and emerge do. is kind of the intro to what go abundance is all about so people can go into emerge and they have folks like before brian lubin joined um before he joined go abundance actual he was a part of the emerge program there's quite a few guys who go from emerge and go into go abundance and become a part of that tribe of millionaires if you will so it's i'm telling you i've i've loved emerge um i haven't hit my number yet for various reasons i got no excuses i will in time but um you can definitely do it and being around a group like that is definitely going to help so i'll make sure you get that link ace
0: yeah, no I, I love it and I will definitely share that in the notes um, because the the little bit I know about go GoBunge- go abundance I just love the concept. I love getting like-minded people together, getting people in the room where they say if you're the smartest guy in the room, you got to find a new room. Absolutely. And a lot of people a lot of people become that big fish in that small pond and they get comfortable with it because they're the p- person people are looking at. They're kind of the leader of the pack but if if they're not having somebody that's ahead of them that that they're learning from that they're growing from you're gonna stop growing just just like a like a goldfish right like you're yes. only gonna hit a certain that's a it. certain size so that's you gotta it. you gotta find a bigger fish tank i guess or a bigger pond Because um, yeah and i I love that I didn't know that go had uh an emerge uh essentially intro group uh so to speak but that's yep. that's phenomenal I will definitely uh check that out and put that in the show notes for sure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They are, I can tell you right now, they have changed the way I see things as far as work. Um, it's always a positive community. They're always putting you on to new game. Um, and it's crazy to, we've had interviews with some huge names. Um, we've had interviews with, uh, Rod Khalif. We've had interviews with, um, there's a gentleman who uh his name is Nate and he has no arms and no legs. My man is an amazing speaker uh we got we had a guy who is supposed to be i believe he's the owner of the Cincinnati Reds or the Browns or one of the two. We got that interview coming up and it's just like it, name after name after name, and they ask them questions that you have always wondered, like, how did you get here? What is your thought process when it comes to investing? If you were starting to invest, how would you invest? If you had said number, what would it be? And and these guys give you so much information. It's amazing to see how many things are similar between those who are at a higher level and those who are at, quote unquote, a lower level, if you will, or trying to get to that higher level. There's just certain thought process, certain actions that they should take, that they're not taking that they don't know about. So and it's practice. It's not simple. It's not easy, but it is attainable. So Emerge is definitely a great place to start. I love that. And to that point, we
0: all have blind spots and they're yes. called blind spots for a reason because we can't see them. Yeah,
1: that's it. But
0: someone else can yeah. someone. Hey, it's a lot easier to diagnose someone else than to diagnose, diagnose ourselves. Yourself. So that's why you got <laughs> to put yourself true. around those people because they can see the blind spots that you can't. And yeah, your growth will just get accelerated. I had uh, Rod on the show the other day, and um, other than him and I having a, a passionate love for Tony Robbins type of stuff, mm-hmm. um, he is just a freaking rock star when it yeah, comes to real estate investing and really just pouring himself into other people. He's uh, he's had quite the uh, roller coaster uh, life, but he's persevered. He's pushed through, and man, the guy is just a, an amazing human being. That's for for sure.
1: Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He really is.
0: Awesome. Well, let's let's hop into some superhero questions if you're game. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. I don't know if you have a nickname or superhero name. So if you do, let us know what it is. But if not, what would your superhero name be?
1: Oh, if I had a superhero name, what would that superhero name be? Ooh, Ace, this is tough. Um <laughs> this is real tough. Uh dang. Damn, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. That's an excellent question. Um I don't know. I don't even know where to start. Like any name that comes up that's a superhero name is those that I like. Like I like War Machine. I've always liked War Machine, um, for various reasons. Um Scarlet Spider is another one of my favorites, so I, I don't know, man. Like I'd, I'd probably take one of theirs if I'm honest. <laughs> I'd be lazy. I'll take, I'll take one of theirs. I would hey, take no, War Machine no. or Scarlet Spider. I'll run with one of those.
0: All right, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Since this is my show, I'm gonna don you with the, uh, the War Machine because okay. I'm a huge I, War Machine I'll fan as well. It. I take and it. I, I, I love de- it. I could definitely see that. Yeah. All right, Oliver, the War Machine, Perry. Okay. What are some of your superpowers?
1: Oh, man. Determination is probably my biggest. Um, I don't think that I'm invincible, but I do think that I am unstoppable if I so decide something that I'm going to do. I go for it headlong, feet first, blind rage into it uh, until I hit a wall and then I figure that out and I keep going on it. Um, That is probably my my one of my biggest superpowers. The other is the ability to think strategically in chaos the military has chosen to teach me what it is to be in the midst of a storm and still be able to make calm decisions about what comes next and where to go next. So I'm able to help other people do the same thing and bring them down to a level where they can think about their next step as opposed to making an emotional decision.
0: I love that. I I train with a guy out of Texas Mm -hmm. who has trained SEAL Team 6 and Texas Rangers and 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 groups like that. Right. And what we work on when I'm with him and his group, is, they call it adaptive what's your adaptability quotient? When yeah, when stuff hits the fan and there's chaos all around you, how do you keep yourself calm so that you can focus, make decisions and continue executing your mission. Right. And so, yeah, I I love that and I believe wholeheartedly that when you get training in in the armed forces, like that is a huge thing because like you had mentioned, if you're not prepared and you're like in some sort of situation where there's like gunfire all around or who knows what's happening, right? Maybe, maybe a bomb goes off in the middle of the night at the base or, or things like that. You know, these are real world situations when you're put in a position like that. And if you're going to freak out, if you're going to freeze or run away, you, you can't execute your mission. So you gotta learn how to stay, stay focused, but then also at the same time, you're gonna have to learn how to adapt. And that was something that was new to me, not coming from the same background as you, not having the same training as you, but things like that can be trainable. And in the world of business, we know that every day something might happen, something crazy. You know, the yep. feds raise the rates so quickly that you just have to adapt. And most people aren't trained or prepared to adapt. And so if you're one of those people that hasn't been trained, doesn't have that adaptability, that's where a great network will help you too. Because now you can take all those emotions, all those fears, all those worries, and you can really talk to people that are more level-headed, people that do have experience in changing markets, in changing economies. And then now you can really instead of your problem being this big thing that overwhelms you, you can be like, okay, let me think clearly. Let me think straight. Let me problem solve. And let me figure this out. It's not going to look like how I wanted it to, right. or how I imagined it in my mind. Cause we know 99% of the time in life that ain't happening where, where we end up is not where we thought we would end up. And so I love one, the determination being unstoppable, but I also love that another one of your superpowers is to think strategically in a freaking chaos. I I look at it like the eye of a storm, right? Like you are the eye of the storm. That might actually be a a better superhero name because it complements your, your superpowers. Oliver, the eye of the storm. (laughs) Perry, what do you think about that one?
1: I'm not going (laughs) to fight it. I'll take that one. I'll take it. (laughs) I will take it.
0: (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. All right. Last question. Okay. Who are some
1: real life superheroes in your life? Oh man, real, high, real life superheroes in my life. Um, I would say one of them is a gentleman by the name of Bruce Frazier, um, who I met in, uh, I met him in Las Vegas during a conference. Super cool guy, really great. And he focuses on making properties go from C to B class, multifamily properties. That's his specialty. And I've had the honor of talking with him over and over and over again. It's just some of the stuff that he kind of says to me and he puts me on to game with is uh, phenomenal. Um, Of course, and this is not secondary, but my parents, of course. um, Father is very much a hustler, owns a Chick-fil-A. I owns two Chick-fil-A's now that I think about it. Used to be a Navy chief. Um, And my mother, who is uh, used to work for USAA, of course, married to my father, of course, his crazy self. And then on top of that, she does operations now for Chick-fil-A, as well as she just got finished beating cancer, which is, you know, that's it's hard to have to say out loud, of course. But it is phenomenal that I'm able to say it, if that makes sense. So um, those probably are the three in my head that stick out um that are kind of the superheroes that are in my life as it stands right now and that have had a huge impact. Oh and one last one, Hema Robles. She's a the first female of Hispanic descent to command uh, an air assault unit in Kentucky. Um and she is dude, when I say a beast, this woman is phenomenal. Like The stuff she does, she's a, she's a lieutenant colonel right now. I think she would make a full bird here soon, but she is doing that, commanding a unit. She has already knocked down a 16-unit property. She was part of the deal that we did, at 16-unit in Kentucky. She is now working on another project that's a 1,500 some odd square acre property in Colorado that includes a golf course. It includes um, some single-family homes. I think it includes a strip mall or a mall or something like it's nuts. And she's doing this while she's in command. Like <laughs> it's crazy. So those, those four folks will be the ones that I'd say are the superheroes. I think in my life.
0: Incredible. Once again, surrounding yourself with amazing people. And I, I love you talking about your parents as well. Cause, uh, yeah, I remember when I was a child, man, looking at my dad, I was like, that's my Superman right there. You that's know, it. it's just, that's uh, it's something awesome. Well, incredible. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, for
1: everybody listening, what's a, what's a good way for people to get a hold of you? Easy. I'd say shoot me a message on any of the uh, interweb platforms, the social medias, if you will, at the Oliver Perry, at the Oliver Perry show. Um, you can send me a message at real estate from the foxhole as well. On uh, If you search that in YouTube, it'll bring up the actual podcast. As well, it will bring up The Oliver Perry Show on YouTube. But any of those platforms, if you'd like, just shoot me a message. If you want to email me, you can do that, info at theoliverperryshow.com. Again, that's info at theoliverperryshow.com. And whatever I can do to help, please let me know I'm here.
0: Hell yeah, brother. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, man. It has been, like I said at the beginning, an honor and a privilege to get to speak to someone like yourself because, uh, man, I'm already blown away from you, and I know you were just going to. Continue to grow, continue to give, and just continue to uh, just build the life of your dreams. And it's by design, and that's why when I found out about you, I had to have you come on to the show. So thank you once again for coming on, man. I really Absolutely. appreciate it.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. It's been an absolute honor. I look forward to hearing this and hearing the rest of the episodes. Hell
0: yeah, man. Hell yeah. So
1: for everybody listening, thank you once again for checking out
0: the superhero by design podcast. You could be doing anything with your time, but you chose to be here with me and my wonderful guests, just like Oliver. And so with that, I am so honored to have just a little bit of your time, a little bit of your ear, and I do not take it for granted. I'm going to continue to work, continue to grow, and continue to give. So remember, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And like that, he's gone. Ace out.